Hey friends, you know what I don't miss at all? That vicious week before the period. Feeling like I'm ready to crawl out of my skin, irritated by everything and everyone around me. Bouncing between cravings for salty foods and sweets and back again. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl from Happy Mammoth. EstroControl contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like the chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a menstruating person's life. And the biggest benefit? Feeling like myself again. That's what people mention over and over in their reviews. And there are over 17,000 reviews for Happy Mammoth products, including EstroControl. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code CORP, C-O-R-P, at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code C-O-R-P for 15% off today. What's up, y'all? It's Shanisha from Living Corporate, and we're back for Real Talk Tuesdays. Y'all, I got someone so special for you all today that's going to really drop some serious gems when we think about entrepreneurship and DEI. Mind you, I've had no clue what entrepreneurship is or was, but you guys just tune in, listen up to Real Talk Tuesdays. It's always a pleasure to connect with you guys each and every Tuesday here at Living Corporate. So tune in, listen up, and uh, let's, let's learn a little bit of something today. Living Corporate is brought to you by Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program. It's incredible. Okay, so first off, you didn't know, Rosetta Stone is a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. They have fast language acquisition, meaning you're actually going to pick up the language because it's going to provide an immersive experience for you through their program. Speech recognition gives you a trainer for your accent. Convenient, right? You can use it on your computer. You can use it on your phone. Incredible value. Lifetime membership has all languages for any and all trips or language needs in life. That's lifetime access to 25 language courses Rosetta Stone's offers for 50% off. That's a steal, y'all. So don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, living corporate listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com backslash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com backslash today, today. Okay, so what's up, y'all? It's Shanisha from Real Talk Tuesdays, and I'm super excited. Um, we have an amazing guest today, and just a little tidbit that he loves Frenchies. I'm a French Bulldog owner, so I'm super excited to talk with him today. Like, his energy, his vibe is definitely something I think we're going to groove with today for our recording. Um, and if you haven't heard it already, today we'll be discussing entrepreneurship in DEI. So first, y'all know, I'm going to give you a good background. 
second round of our guests because, I mean, he's done a lot of phenomenal things in life. And I think you're going to really want to tap in with him once we conclude our recording and get to know him a little bit better. I think he has a lot of gems that you guys are really going to devour, right? So our guest is a revenue enablement strategist slash sales coach dedicated to serving executives and sales leaders at businesses. In 2017, after years of working in some of the biggest Silicon Valley startups, LinkedIn, Google, Uber, Tesla, and more, like I said, y'all definitely want to tap in with him later, right? <laughs> Our guests began to teach impassioned business owners how to scale their revenues and impact by creating and selling high-end offers. During that time, he was also invited to speak about leadership and personal branding at business schools across the country. Let me double back. Across the country, including Stanford, UC Berkeley, and Bard. Today, our guest is the Global Director of Revenue Enablement at Deputy, a SaaS workforce management product company, not to mention a published author through internationally recognized Medcraft organization, which includes incredibly popular LinkedIn learning courses on personalized sales that has taken has been taken over 15,000 people to date. So, who is this guest? Our guest is Louise Baez. Louise, welcome to Live Corporate. How are you? I'm fantastic, Shanisha. Thank you so much. I had to just like really take that all in. I'm like, is, is she talking about me? Is that me? <laughs> no, it's always hard, right? Like when you were here all summer, it's like, I do so much, but I'm always working. So do I ever get a moment to like really acknowledge it? Like, let's give you your flowers today. Yeah. You've done and are doing a lot. So I'm super excited to yeah. connect with you today. And I know our listeners, our living corporate family is going to be super excited to hear more about you. So yes, I've read a lot in your bio. Yes, you've done a lot but I don't think that captures the full essence of who you are. So could you share with our guests, like who, or excuse me, with our listeners, who is Louise Baez? Yeah, in a nutshell, I am an out gay Puerto Rican boy raised in the South Bronx uh, who came up in poverty um, and is the first in his family to finish high school. Uh, go on to college, pursue a career, start a business. Um, I'm someone who has been through it all, right? You can talk about discrimination, microaggressions. We can talk about being exited from a company, having accounts taken from me, um, being called the F-bomb on the sales floor. I've been through it. And now I'm in a position to influence the conversation. I'm in a position to say, hey, this isn't going to work here today and now. Um, and so I hope that uh, your listeners today find whatever gem or nuggets or pearls of wisdom that they need to be assured that they're on the right path, however messy it might be. And it is possible to arrive at a place where you are in control of your career and your money. And you have definitely done that, right? You've definitely taken some losses, some L's, and turned them into major wins, right? Major <laughs> wins. And that's a great way right, to segment into entrepreneurship. So yeah. you've done a lot. You're a global director of your own brand, your own business, and you've done a significant amount of work. So 
I'll be honest, this is my first time hearing of entrepreneurship, so I'm always learning. And I'm hoping that you can teach me, like, what is entrepreneurship? Yeah. Entrepreneurship is a mindset that I developed after stepping away from corporate and stepping into consulting and doing my own online business thing and coming to the conclusion that as a sales executive, I had it really good. Someone was paying my overhead, paying my operational costs, paying for marketing, paying for legal. All I had to do was step in and close deals and work with the teams around me to make sure that you know the customer had what they needed. So it was a shift in perspective that I had already been to some degree an entrepreneur before I became an entrepreneur um, because I worked in sales and corporate sales for so many years and just developed this self-motivated, uh, um, self-accountability and, and self-responsibility sort of mindset around this is my business. I own a, a part of this business as an employee of this company. I've got equity, right? I have influence. Um, and ultimately working in sales, it's, it's my income. It's my check, right? That's the promise of working in sales is that your income isn't capped. And right. so um, that was working in sales inspired me to shift into entrepreneurship. Being an entrepreneur inspired my shift in thinking about what it means to be within a business. And that influences not only what I do in my corporate life and my full-time job, but also the way that I consult other businesses or how it is that I train and coach people who work within my own business. Um, and it's all about making sure that that person is enabled and empowered and encouraged to perform at their best, deliver at their highest. Oh, that's good. Enabled, empowered, and encouraged. I really like that. So I've done sales before. Like I said, I have not heard of entrepreneurship. So this is learning for me. And sales is a blast. Like here we have a really good time in sales. And you mentioned, again, those three that I highlighted. How does one cultivate entrepreneurship? From what I'm gathering from you, it's like a shift in mindset, right? But is there more to cultivating entrepreneurship? Yeah, that's a great question. Let me contextualize my response, right? I'm coming from the tech world, the startup world, um, which is unlike other industries, very unconventional, right? In terms of like, we were the first industry to do the flex working, work from home thing, telecommuting thing, and that was all the way normalized. Um, brought our dogs to work, shout out to Frenchies and Frenchie lovers, right? Um, and just thinking about even um, the, the sort of arrangement of the workspace, right? We broke down the silos from everyone sitting in their own offices and we created these open workspaces where the communication and the creativity flowed, right? So that's the context for the mindset and the experience that I've developed being in these spaces. Um, and there is an enormous amount of pressure working in tech to constantly deliver and hit certain numbers and metrics and then do it again and exceed it the next time, right? By 10%, 20%, quarter over quarter, year over year, whatever is required for the business's growth. And so um, I've been conditioned, you know, over time to function this way. Um, and so when I think about what it means to uh, what entrepreneurship is or uh, it's it's essentially you are an entrepreneur within a business. You have responsibility. You have equity in the business. And therefore, you have to let go of being scared of saying what needs to be said. 
right? And you have to let go of being afraid to make decisions and fall on the sword and, you know, take the L, right? Um, because we are all very concerned, of course, rightfully so, with preserving our reputations and our right. careers and our jobs, providing for families, investing, whatever it is that we got going on in the background. But you have to let go of that and really own, you know, own your piece of the pie in the business. Yes. Um, so part of that means that you change the way that you show up, right? You are no longer an employee. You are part owner. And as part, part owner, you have to take accountability. There's no finger pointing. There's no waiting on someone else for it to get done. And there's certainly no asking for permission, right? Because you can sit around, you can try to be as diplomatic as possible and get as many inputs and opinions and this and this and that. You're killing time. Right. People and especially, again, the context, startup life, high pressure, high stakes, fast, you know, very, you know, velocity is, is high in the business. So there isn't a whole lot of time for double taking and, and guesswork. Right. Um, and also being in that position to defer to someone else if you don't have the expertise. Yes. Right. Like you might be called on to produce something. And it's like, you know what, I'm, I'm only capable of handling half of this. Let me tap this colleague, right? Because again, it's on me to make sure that it gets done. I can't expect that someone's going to volunteer or fall into the fold, right? Mm -hmm. And that's that mindset that you are running point and it is on you and you own your stake in the business. This podcast, Living Corporate, it's brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with the audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place on your terms. Let me tell you something. Y'all might not know this, but Living Corporate, we started our whole journey on Squarespace. My website, ZacharyNunn.com, it's on Squarespace. I can't tell you how much I appreciate its fluid engine, the ability to create world-class templates and design. It's very intuitive, incredible. We have custom merch through our Squarespace. We have an incredible asset library, so I can always mix it up, switch and swap. It's super dope. And the fact that you can host all types of content, video, audio, all types of media, you can put all on your Squarespace. I can't recommend it enough. If you want to learn more about Squarespace, Check out squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Again, that's squarespace.com backslash corporate to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Thank you a lot for contextualizing that and filling that in. Because I think that definitely helps open up the perspective of really understanding like how to cultivate entrepreneurship, what it really means, how, so you mentioned about online, right? Like being online, then being out in the field and being online. So like, why, why does it matter within your online businesses? Like why does entrepreneurship matter for online businesses? Yeah. Great, great question. So imagine um, there are two sort of experiences that you can have in managing a business. You have this experience where everyone's waiting on you to get things done. They're waiting for that permission, that approval, the sign off. Things can't happen in the business unless you're online. You can't take the weekend off because people are counting on you, right? 
Yeah. We've all been there. Ooh. We've all, especially at the beginning, right? But shout out to everyone who is starting their journey. I promise you, I promise you, it's going to be worth every sacrifice you're making right now. All right. But you've also got to get to a place where you have to remove yourself as the bottleneck in your business, right? You've not, the first step, I think, in entrepreneurship is that cliff of like, delegating something like, oh man, I'm about to pay someone to do something. What if they don't do it right? And what if it, you know, I can do it better if I do it myself? Or, you know, you got to get let go of that anxiety, mm -hmm. right? That's sort of step one. When you've evolved as an entrepreneur and you commit to cultivating a culture of entrepreneurship for your staff and for your teammates, you're empowering them to own their piece of the pie in the business, right? They are the EA. They are the content manager or, you know, the, the director of operations or whatever it might be. Give them, again, enable them, empower them, and encourage them to do their jobs. Enabling means giving them the tools, right? Mm -hmm. Empowering and encouraging is all about giving that permission and also leading by example. Right? Because you also have to show everyone in your business that you're holding your end of the, the bargain here, which is as CEO, as visionary, as the face of the business, you're shaking the hands, kissing the babies, doing the networking, attracting the customers, talking to the investors, right? That's what keeps the business humming. Mm -hmm. And you need to stay in that lane. And the way that you can and make the kind of impact that your business deserves is, again, by cultivating a culture where Everyone acts like a boss, shows up like a boss, is given what they need to be a boss in your business and watch things get done. Oh, the magic of like getting over that anxiety. And then once everything comes together, oh, I love it. The control, the control person can't let it go. Are you sure you're going to do it right? Are you going to do it as good as me? Like, are you going to meet my expectations? There's a lot. And then, like you said, you definitely allow yourself to be able to have a little bit more freedom. And then you're able to get other things done. Like, I yeah. don't know, like, I guess how many times, like, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. or whatever, you hear a little outlook message or a ping go off. And it's like PTSD because you're just always so attached. And the moment you let go to give yourself that freedom, I think will definitely help take your business to another level and then open you up and free you up to do more. So speaking of doing more, you've done a lot. I've mentioned Tesla, I've mentioned, mentioned Google, I've mentioned all these organizations. So you've done, um, again, a wide variety of work across the U.S., right? So how have you seen organizations champion diversity, equity, and inclusion through entrepreneurship? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I don't think it's all the way dialed in, right? I think that what's happening right now is when we think about DE and IB, um, that entire profession and that entire effort mm -hmm. and that entire school of thought is under attack right now. And so what's happening, especially with all the budget cuts and the politicalization of everything that's going mm -hmm. on, right? Companies are divesting that's true. from DE and IB. That is so true. Yes, especially with the budget cuts. That is super true. Yes. Yeah. I know a lot of practitioners in the DE&IB space who were chief diversity, chief equity officers of very prominent businesses and right now are not valued and respected and regarded highly. Um, 
even as consultants, you know, trying to make their living on the side, influence everything from their, you know, purview, and certainly not being able to get a seat at the table. Again, companies are divesting. So I think that what I can offer for your audience is a framework for how we can think about DE and IB in the context of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And before I share my framework, again, I'm going to contextualize that I've worked in corporate sales for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. And I started by selling into smaller accounts and advertising sales to selling, you know, multi-million dollar portfolios with just a handful of accounts, uh, managing a book of business of over a hundred million, right? And so that's the, the sort of perspective that I'm, I'm coming from um, and thinking about, um, and again, my own background. I'm someone who grew up in poverty. Mm -hmm. I'm first generation. I ended up in sales again because of that promise of the harder I work, the more I produce, the more I'm going to get, the better I can provide, the better I'm, I'll be able to manage these student loans, take care of grandma, mama, and everyone else, right? Mm -hmm. Like th th my intention for being in sales is very deliberate. But as an out gay man, as a brown Latino stepping into that space, inevitably, I have been through all the things and I can spill all the tea all day long, but we're not going to give those folks energy right now. What I want to call attention to instead is like the conditions that need to be met for someone like myself to thrive in a corporate setting or thrive in an online business, mm -hmm. right? And thinking about... Um, number one is um, making sure that someone is set up with all the tools that they need. Someone is uh, set up with a real clear roadmap of what's expected of them and how it is that their success is going to be measured as they're getting ramped up, right? Mm -hmm. And beyond that, thinking about how it is that you develop that person and nurture that person, Um Companies that I've been at that you've referenced offer employee resource groups. These are executive-sponsored groups for people of different uh, backgrounds and lived experiences and to, to network within a company and also build strength and amplification and visibility to start influencing what leadership looks like within that company. Yeah. And I've had the privilege of at companies like LinkedIn and at Tesla um, being one of the founders of the Latinx ERG groups in those companies. Right. And I would say that, you know, if you are thinking about, you know, what your experience is like on a, in a bigger business at a bigger scale, be thinking about assessing companies that have ERGs, mm -hmm. because that is a very clear investment in that employee, in that demographic, in that group and in the sustainability and success of that group, right? Um, for smaller online businesses that don't have that kind of scale, right? And we're talking maybe less than 50 employees, like how do you start to create opportunities for that? Think about all visibility and amplification. Think about weekly meetings. Um, think about your, your communications across your team, whether it's your Slack, your email reports or whatever that is. Be thinking about giving shine to people and also be thinking about in offering opportunities for people to teach what they've accomplished or what they've learned in the process, right? So mm -hmm. that is going to be the key, you know, for anything. The word is amplification, right? If you might be the only woman on a team, or in my case, and I've definitely been the only gay man on a team, I align myself with other people who value my contributions, um, 
you know, value my the diversity of thought on the team and are willing to raise their hand in meetings and say, Luis made an awesome point. Oh, by the way, did you all see what Luis accomplished this week? Oh, by the way, did you see that review from the customer that shouted out Luis? Right? Mm-hmm. That has to be a very deliberate intention that starts with you as the business owner. It's definitely being culturally sensitive, right? So you've laid out a very awesome framework and I love how you give the context. So that definitely helps color it in all the more, right? To make it more vivid. Um, how can organizations create culturally inclusive, sustainable culture? Because like you said, a lot of our DEI leaders are kind of like phasing out. <laughs> They're not being as valued, um, you know, all the hype going back to George Floyd on forward and now things are starting to get quiet. So sustainability just yeah. doesn't seem like it's, it's sustaining. Like I guess yeah. they say life, life and <laughs> sustainability is not yeah. sustaining right now. So yeah. how can organizations create culturally sustainable culture? Visibility and voice, right? It's all about how do you ensure that people's contributions aren't overlooked mm-hmm. How do you survey people, perhaps anonymously, to make sure that you're getting the feedback that you need to make the changes in policy and work culture that ensures people's safety, right? I think that's the other thing is like, especially when you've got a smaller team, you've got to constantly engage them, survey them, think about all the ways that you can get input and feedback Um, And I encourage people to anonymize it. It can be tricky and risky, but then the other end of it, of course, is the fear of not getting feedback or the fear of giving feedback and then having, you know, being retaliated against, right? And so the best way to ensure that you're going to get the real deal, rawest sort of, you know, pulse check on what's going on with the business Mm -hmm. is thinking about a monthly or quarterly engagement survey, you know, making sure that people are, you know, they feel seen, heard, understood, and safe and make adjustments to your policies, to your tools and your requirements and things like that, that are in line with the feedback that you're getting from your people. I think the feedback in the surveys, I think most times when we see the surveys come across our email, it's like, okay, well, will they really consider what I have to say? Is there really going to be yeah. change? Um, some people are a little afraid, like, well, if I really say what I really feel, I mean, it says anonymous, but is it really anonymous? Like, what do I do in this case? And I think take away the questions, take away the overthinking and really take a moment to voice. Like you said, having a voice, voicing that opinion and doing your research about companies that actually value you and people like you and people from your background and other other individuals with their life experiences because most times if you feel that I mean is that really the organization that is for you and I know being in sales whether it's online sales or being out in the field physically most times like we're there I guess you could say like we're doing the groundwork <laughs> like we're really engaged and really in tune with real world of what's happening so how can this be applied to sales organizations yeah. and sustainability of culture a couple of things i have several thoughts um and uh, more context there right <laughs> so I love in my it's, it's key for me so please <laughs> I just always want to, you know, qualify and contextualize what I'm saying, where I'm coming from. Um, I think it's so important, right? So that we avoid generalizing or isolating or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But in my case, um, 
I've had experiences um, where I've engaged on the sales floor. Okay, let me take a step back. Full-time job right now, presently, I'm the global director of revenue enablement at a startup, which means that I oversee all of the training and coaching and development programs Mm -hmm. for sales leaders and sales reps, anyone that engages with our customers, whether it's net new, renewals, upsells, whatever it might be. Right. And so my influence is to ensure that everyone who steps into the organization receives the adequate tools and training and preparation to make sure that they get their start at the starting line Mm -hmm. when they start their career with us. Right. We want to make sure that within those first few weeks, we're fine tuning the way that we're training and coaching. Right. Beyond that, right, I also have to think about borrowing from my experience of engaging with customers that were irate and customers who dismissed my expertise because I was Puerto Rican or gay or gay Puerto Rican or whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and would ask to speak to my manager or ask to be assigned to another rep, right? Um, and I have to think about from those experiences, creating the right training and coaching programs, for example, with leaders to help them mitigate those situations where we're getting that kind of feedback from customers how do we uphold a rep's expertise how do we assure a customer that they're getting an excellent service without compromising anyone's dignity in the process Mm -hmm. right and you have to coach leaders who perhaps don't understand or don't have the life and lived experience of being othered that way to step in and and to be that mediator and to be that coach and to create a safe space for their rep, mm-hmm. right? So that's one layer of like, how do I step in from that lens, mm-hmm. DE&I, entrepreneurship in a sales organization, protecting our reps, protecting our customers, holding safe space, making sure the right trainings are in place, or even with the rep, how to diffuse a situation, right? Because when you're in that moment, your manager might not be readily available to jump in immediately. So how do you diffuse that situation without losing face, without feeling unsafe, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or if you do feel unsafe, how do you then go through the chain of command to arrive back at a place where you are safe at your job, right? That's also part of the training that I'll do with reps. No, I love that. Okay, so context. For me, <laughs> one sales right, and it sells in South Georgia. So I'm an Alabama girl. I'm used to the country, country living, but it blew me to get off of I-75 and take these back roads to these small towns. Okay, y'all. I mean, I'm riding through, passing by cotton fields. Okay, cool. Then I start to approach KKK signs, Confederate Brothers Join Now with the phone number. I'm like, okay, this is getting a little sketchy, but I'm going to keep writing because I have to do my job. <laughs> I get to a doctor's office and one of the young ladies tells me before I leave, the reception is just like, you know, be careful now, sweetie, Before as I'm leaving. Be careful. I'm like, oh, thank you. I'll be fine. Like, this is my first week really out. I'm like, I'll be fine. Thank you. She was like, no, like, you need to be careful. And I'm like, oh, this is like... It was scary where it got to the point where I would literally have to share my location with my family before I exited off the I-75 because I would lose cell phone signal. So share my location and tell my family like, yo, if I'm not calling you back 
<laughs> within an hour and a half or whatever, something is wrong. Like you need to check on me or being a sales rep in a situation where you're with a customer and you get a comment made about your hair wearing braids. Yeah. And the yeah. next day you see me or a week or two later, you see me, I have my fro, my natural curls out and I get a comment like, Oh, um, I like it better. Like, when you when you wear your hair like that and not those other things, things being yeah. on braids. So it's like yeah. being trained and having enough emotional intelligence where you understand what things to address, what things not to address, how to diffuse the situation and how to keep moving and navigating spaces where you're still getting your job done, but at the same time, not losing the essence of who you are yeah. in those type of moments. So you creating this training for your sales force, I think is like top tier because not many organizations take into account when you actually need to diffuse a situation with a customer yeah. just for some yeah. of the comments and the microaggressions that they may experience or just the experience that they may encounter from the environment within itself. So like I know a lot of those things are uncontrollable variables, but <laughs> if you can be prepped in any kind of way, shape or form to handle those type of situations, I think it's super key. Yeah. And uh, two things I want to say. First of all, thank you for sharing that because I know that every time we revisit experiences, we mm-hmm. you know go back to that place and feeling that anxiety. So I appreciate you opening up for the audience and for myself today because um, I've certainly been in situations where I, I legitimately felt like my life was threatened while on the field, mm-hmm. um, and that's real. Um, you know, I think the other thing that's really important to note is um, it's so critical when you are within an organization or as an entrepreneur, you know, building your own empire, it is so critical to surround yourself with people that will validate what it is that you're going through and will absolutely hold space for you. Right. Because I think one of the things that as I'm listening to you, I say this all the time, gosh, like particularly as, you know, people of color, queer people, women, we have to develop next level emotional intelligence. And we also have to bring a level of cultural intelligence that is not expected from our other counterparts in in these spaces. We're also not compensated for all the extra energy that's required of us, right? We're getting the same salary, even though we're doing the code switching, right? We're doing the, the, the survival tactics, we're dealing with the microaggressions, right? All we're, of it, yes. <laughs> right? We don't get extra PTO. We don't get extra mental health coverage, right? There's nothing that comes with that experience. Mm-hmm. So I just I just want to validate that for your listeners, for you, and even for myself. I need to say that out loud. Like, we work for hours, right? And this, it's so important as you're listening, if you're a business owner or, you know, if you're a leader within a business, like, be thinking about your policies that, again, enable, empower, and encourage your people to take care of themselves as well as your business, right? I think that the thing that many businesses are having a reckoning with, you know, there's a lot of talk about how this is a worker's market right now, right? Like mm-hmm. so many businesses are struggling to fill really critical roles and people are out here like, I want to work from home. I want to work this way. I want that. Like, you have so much negotiation power right now, right? And I want people to not lose sight of that, right? Like, be insistent on 
the fact that your companies and your businesses could do more for you. But if you're in a leadership position, be thinking about how to take care of your people and retain good talent, retain and attract the very best. And it is about being, you know, taking a stance, being outward about the ways that you support your people and keep them safe. Right. So this is a reminder to folks to think about your policies, think about your training, right? Even think about the way that you show up as a leader. You have to be the one to set examples. Mm -hmm. um, if I can share a quick story, um, just an example of like what influenced my way of thinking and the way that I think about leadership. Um, context again, I worked in advertising sales in New York City. Mm -hmm. We're talking like a boiler room pressure, always be closing, you know, don't leave your desk until you're about to die. Make sure you close that last deal before the lights go out. Like, I, you know, be the first one at your desk or you're already late. You know, like it, the culture was toxic, hyper-masculine, um, homophobic, sexist, right? Like, and I worked with leaders who would drop the F-bomb you know, and on the sales floor directed at me, um, they would diminish any contribution, interrupt, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I developed an anxiety about working in sales and the way that I had to show up, always being buttoned up, always being on, always having like having my numbers ready off the top of my head when I step into any like conference room. My first real Silicon Valley experience where, you know, I Grew up in New York City, moved to the West Coast, uh, got recruited to work at LinkedIn. Uh, a week into my job, my first sales huddle with the other reps, I'm sitting there nervous. I'm sweating. I'm like, well, I gotta, I gotta show people I'm busy. I gotta show them I've been, I've been, you know, earning my piece, you know, earning my seat here. And our director of sales walks in, and the room gets quiet, and I'm just ready. I'm ready to be drilled, right? I'm like, this is Silicon Valley, so it's got to be next level. And don't, you know, she takes her laptop, puts it on the desk, projects her screen on the boardroom television for everyone to see. And it's her calendar. And her tone is empathetic and compassionate. I am so sorry I was two minutes late for today's meeting. I was wrapping up this other meeting, making sure you have what you need for this other thing. While I have your attention, here's my calendar. Here are the times I'm available. Here are all the projects that I've prioritized for the week. You know, here are all the ways that, you know, I the time blocks for my family. I've got to pick up my kid from school, et cetera, et cetera. Any questions about my availability this week? And that shifted the tone where it's like, wait, I'm not answering to my leader. My leader is answering to me. The relationship has shifted. Right? It's no longer about them drilling me. It's about them holding themselves accountable at the level that they expect from me. And then, in true leadership fashion, supporting me. Right, That moment gave me all the permission and all the validation of like showing up the way that I do, speaking up when I need to speak up. And even as I think about the way that I lead with my team, that spirit of entrepreneurship, I have to be the one to lead by example. Right? I tell people, this is my availability. By the way, I schedule my workouts for the week because I can't show up for you if I don't take care of me. Right. By the way, here are the meetings around these projects and these requests that you made of me. Right. And then there's this reciprocity, right? Because I show up this way and I communicate so transparently, they feel comfortable doing the same. It's no longer this like, let me, 
you know, in a very shady way, you know, hold back that I'm busy here and busy there, whatever. It's like, no, like my team and I are all the way transparent with one another. Um, and they feel safe. The feedback that I get is that they feel safe. They feel seen, heard, and understood because of the way that I show up. Right. And that is in the context of whatever company policy and everything else that might be going on. I still create that environment and that culture. Oh, thank you for sharing that. And the first thing when you mentioned about her calendar, I just thought of transparency, like full transparency. And I think that definitely goes a long way because like you said, most times in meetings we are nervous and we do feel as though we have to like be on 24 seven um, when we're at work. And sometimes even after, like, you know, still working late hours, answering emails, just showing that, hey, I'm super invested in this and I want to show my best self, but then are you really? Like you said, if you're not taking care of yourself, then how are you going to show up for others? Like you have to show up for you and you've shown up for yourself in a multitude of ways, not only for um, your organization now, but your brand. Like you've created an awesome brand for yourself. Could you share why LinkedIn is the platform for business professionals in 2023? Yeah, gosh, I mentioned earlier, right? It's a it's a worker's market right now, mm -hmm. right? We are in control. We got the negotiation power. They need us more than we need them, right? Because you can either take a job or start a TikTok, right? There's so many ways to make money. You could drive Uber. Like, I like literally, you have money. options. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You have options for yielding the kind of money and lifestyle and living that you want, right? The game has changed and it's no longer like doctor, lawyer, you know, business person, you know, to, to make a living out here, right? Um, and that's, that's, that needs to be honored, mm -hmm. right? That's something that you have to think about is like, you know, the, you have options. And so um, when you do show up, um, and when you think about like these different opportunities and these different spaces, like don't lose sight of that. Don't lose sight of that upper hand mm -hmm. when you're having conversation. I feel like I've lost sight of your question. So I want to circle back. No, no, it's okay. Sure I'm just asking like, you know, could you share why LinkedIn is a platform for business professionals in 2023? I like yeah. you said, there's so exactly. many other ways so, that we can leverage. So how, so right. why LinkedIn? LinkedIn is the way that you remain in control of your brand and your living and the way that you command opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So it's no longer the game of like, you pick one company, you stay with that company for 10, 20 years until you retire, right? Like that story, that narrative used to work for what the economy used to be. That's no longer the case. Mm -hmm. And so, and again, context, I work in tech, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's not, uncommon for someone to be with the company one or two years and then jump onto the next startup or the next online business right and that's not frowned upon either like no one looks at you like oh well you know you're unloyal or you're incapable it's like nope you are playing the game you're moving on up right and so the thing that you have to be cognizant of is that you can control your brand, your story, your narrative, and your coin using a platform like LinkedIn by showcasing the things that you do as you go. Mm -hmm. Whenever I speak, whenever I speak on a podcast, and whenever I keynote at an event, whenever I lecture, you know, at a school or something like that, like I make sure that that is all on blast on LinkedIn. My numbers, my performance, everything on LinkedIn links to my website, my programs, my LinkedIn learning courses, all of that on LinkedIn. It's a hub that collects everything that I do and accomplish and everything that I know and showcases it for people. It then makes it really smooth for me to network, 
you know, strike conversations, drop messages with people in really relevant ways and be taken seriously and, you know, have people actually consider what I have to say and take calls with me, right? It certainly has taken time to develop that brand, but I've been relentless at it. And part of the reason I ended up working at LinkedIn was because they tapped my shoulder and they said, hey, based on your engagement on LinkedIn and your profile, like we think you might actually do better working for us and teaching other people how to use LinkedIn. Um, and so that's, that's ultimately the story of how I got to work at LinkedIn is that's I was really recruited cool. while on LinkedIn. That's really, really cool. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever met someone that has actually had that type of engagement and the organization has reached out to them. The platform has actually reached out to them. So you're the first. That's really cool. So that even more certifies and vets your experience of sharing like why <laughs> why yeah, this platform absolutely. is is for if, us right so you dropped yes. a lot of and if i can go ahead go ahead yeah if i can just keep it all the way real mm-hmm. right like i have not applied for a job in over a decade what what right that is the magnetism of my linkedin profile because i invested in it And because I wasn't shy about showing the profile photo, adding the tagline, flushing out the about summary, putting all my, you know, accomplishments and and numbers and metrics and all my experiences, dropping links to all the things that I do, right? I know that there's a lot of anxiety of like putting yourself out there. Mm -hmm. And there's also the anxiety of like the criticism that comes with that. What I can assure you is that LinkedIn is not an environment where people throw a lot of shade because everyone is scared of losing their jobs. And so this this is not X, formerly Twitter, right? It's not that kind of dumpster fire on LinkedIn, right? You can share and be applauded uh, and expect to be celebrated. You know, perhaps occasionally someone might challenge your thinking or introduce a book or an article or something like that, but it's all in the spirit of expanding you as a person and expanding the conversation, right? And so you've got to let go of that anxiety. You got to go all in on LinkedIn um, and just know that you'll be rewarded for being active, right? Like I have recruiters in my inbox. I said earlier, I don't I haven't applied for a job in over 10 years. Whenever I'm ready to make a move, I just go, Bloop. nice to meet you. Happy to take this call, right? Happy to start this process. Um, and that is a wonderful position to be in. That's a right? great And a lot of my, my speaking opportunities and everything have also come from LinkedIn. That's an amazing opportunity or position to be in. Like your page is really a living, breathing version of you, right? So it's always working for you. And I think that's a place that many of us desire to be in. But like you said, getting rid of the anxiety, like pushing past that and pushing forward to put yourself out there. I think many of us are kind of in this position where we kind of hold ourselves but I mean, it's a definitely a safe space, like you said, for you to be able to have opportunities where you're not having to go through the whole job application and like yeah. downloading. I think a lot of people have to re-put in the information again. <laughs> right. Yeah. A lot of people are concerned with, I get a lot of feedback from people when they're, when I'm pushing them to get started. It's like, well, I don't want like my boss or my coworkers to know I'm on LinkedIn because then they think I'm all, you know, automatically going to think I'm applying. Well, they should, right? They should be scared to lose you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And that's the, that's the position you want to be in. Either you're the one that's scared or they are. Mm-hmm. And if you're the one that's scared, then you're stuck working weekends, answering emails on your mm-hmm. vacation, interrupting your honeymoon, taking time away from your kids, sitting bedside with your sick grandparent, answering Slack messages, all the things that we don't 
want to be doing, mm -hmm. right? We want to have that very clear separation between work and personal, yeah, right? And we certainly deserve that. Yeah, it's definitely giving Hunger Games vibes. It's definitely giving Hunger Games vibes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You have to so, not want to be in that position. Yeah, keep them scared, right? Yeah. Better them than you. Right. It's better that you stay active and they stay on their toes. Right, exactly, exactly. So you've given a lot of gems and you share a lot of information with us. I mean, a lot that's like very valuable, right? Like you're the go-to. So what are three key takeaways? With empowerment. Yeah, I think number one important takeaway is what you're going through is not uniquely on you. I want to validate that you're not alone. I want to validate that whether you are trying to build your career, build your business, build a team, what you're going through is definitely part of the process, right? And I want to encourage you to think about not going through it alone. So that's the first thing I want to, you know, to make sure that people take away is that we've talked about all the things, entrepreneurship, LinkedIn, putting yourself out there, trying to build your best life for yourself. I just want to validate that what you're going through is, is, is what we've also gone through, and it is possible to get through it. The second thing is I want to remind you that you no one's coming for you. No one's coming to save you. No one's coming to do anything for you. It is on you. Whether you are running your own business or working for somebody else, don't lose sight of that self-motivation, self-accountability, run point on projects. Don't expect that someone's going to respond to you. Don't expect that someone got that message or that they saw it, right? Act like everyone is super busy, but they want to help and make sure that you run point on everything. Like you have got to own end to end um, your, your entire contribution and performance. The third takeaway is safety. Safety in numbers, surrounding yourself with the right people, Safety and amplification, right? Celebrate other people's contributions. They'll reciprocate and start celebrating you, right? Also, safety with the way that you deal with customers or executives internally, right? Just making sure that your psychological safety isn't overlooked and that you seek the support that you need. Thank you for those three. Thank you for those three. Those are definitely empowering and encouraging for sure. And I want to make sure that I give you the opportunity to give any shout-outs. So, any shout-outs? Gosh. Um, I just want to shout-out anyone who is listening right now. And before listening to our conversation, felt like whatever they were trying to do was impossible. And now perhaps feels just a little bit hopeful, a little bit motivated, a little bit encouraged. I want to shout you out and I want to make sure that we keep kindling that flame, you know, and I want to encourage you to reach out to both of us in this conversation, you know, let us know where you are and let us know what you need uh, because you, your success will never be just your own mm -hmm. and you never have to just be alone in this journey. No, that's real. That's real. And you guys make sure that you get in touch with Louise. Louise, how can people contact you? Well, you can certainly find me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, and, right. um, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're having people up right now. 
<laughs> but if you want to learn a little bit more about what I'm up to these days, check out, uh, head on over to learnfromluis.com and you'll be redirected to my programs page and you'll see all the things that I've got aligned for you. Wonderful. So you guys make sure that you check that out. Hit them up on LinkedIn, slide in that inbox <laughs> and be able to get in contact with Luis to definitely help and support you. He's provided a lot of information today, a lot of good gems. I mean, I loved all of it. The conversation was so real. I love Real Talk Tuesday. So he definitely added to it and flamed that flame a little bit more for Real Talk Tuesday. So thank you so much, Luis, for that. And Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. And that's our show. So thank you for joining us on the Living Corporate Podcast. Be sure to follow Louise Baez on LinkedIn and check out his website. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Living Corp, uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, at Living Corp underscore pod, and subscribe to our newsletter through the Living Corporate website. If you have any questions you'd like for us to answer in the show, make sure you email them to us at the Living Corporate Podcast Gmail. And then this has been Shanisha, and you've been listening to none other but the the Louise Bio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Real Talk Tuesday. Peace. Okay. So, Louise dropped some big gems when we think about entrepreneurship and DEI and just thinking about how it impacts our organizations. And then when we think about ourselves, right, and our own growth and development and where we could go and just some of the bias and things that we've dealt with, but how we can leverage all of our experiences and look for sources and resources to definitely help us grow and help our organizations grow overall. So big shout out to Louise for coming through and sharing these gems with us and just helping us as black and brown people just really just elevate into new spaces so thank y'all for tuning in to real talk tuesdays it's your girl shanisha peace living corporate is a podcast by living corporate llc our logo was designed by david dawkins our theme music was produced by ken brown Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.